This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. Face Rip Podcast. We're back with another episode. I'm Vince. I'm sitting with Keith. How are you doing this week, Keith? I am doing just fine, Vince. Thank you for asking. Excellent. So we're back for another episode. Uh, we came back last week with a nice bang with a bunch of news, and uh, we had announced a bunch of things. We had some projects we went over. So we have a correction to the news, because obviously, you know, the MCU and Spider-Man, things have changed, uh, as we saw. And uh, the biggest headlines that we're seeing now is that uh, good old Spidey will be staying in the MCU for at least one more one more cinematic release for himself and, I guess, one appearance in another movie coming up. So I think that someone heard our podcast, got scared of the idea that they had to rewrite the entire movie and couldn't reference anything. And uh, the brakes were pumped. Uh, the news that's coming out is that Tom Holland was essential to them coming back to the table and doing all of this. So, Tom, if you're listening, good work, buddy. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's not listening, but if he is. Look, all three of our listeners, I'm sure somebody put him to the wise. Yes, uh, so the new Spider-Man film featuring Tom Holland is scheduled to be released on July 16th, 2021. I'm sure that's not a hard date. It might be a soft date, but who knows? I'm just looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with number three. I'm thinking emo dancing and, uh, you know, maybe a Tobey Maguire appearance. You think there's going to be a hat tip to uh, a Tobey dance in there? All I know is that they've done it... They, they've referenced it twice now, once in the actual movie, once in Into the Spider-Verse. You know, they got to go for the trivecta. This or I'm thinking Venom 2. I'm interested to see them bring them that whole cinematic, uh, or the Spider-Verse into one thing. I want to see what they're going to do with Venom and supposedly with Carnage coming up as well. And I'm interested in seeing that. If they keep Woody Harrelson to play Carnage, that I think would be, you know, uh, I was never a huge Woody Harrelson fan until Zombieland. And after Zombieland, I was like, you know, Woody's got game. Let's see what he can do. And he's slowly begun to to grow on me. And if if they can keep him at the, the Zombieland level of attendance... I'm there with him. He did a pretty good job in Hunger Games, too. I mean, I thought he was fabulous in those movies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, he's he's slowly begun to grow on me as an actor. You weren't a big fan of him in the 90s with all his movies and everything? and No. <laughs> no, I, I really have never been a Woody Harrelson fan. And it wasn't until... Uh, Zombieland about 10 years ago really I mean in all honesty 
I've never been a big Woody Harrelson fan. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know why. I just never, he was not my cup of tea. So you weren't a fan of his on Cheers, obviously. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so there was some ch- some minor changes to our site. We did get uh, a phone number for voicemail, as uh, we had promoted out last week on our webpage, which you can head over to facebook.com slash classic face rip. That's our uh, webpage, basically. Uh, we do have classicfacerip.com, but that's just to post the shows oh, up. Oh, no. Call now. 469-431-0277 is the voicemail number. It's uh, basically Google Voice. I didn't even know I had that number, to be honest. And I I saw an email trigger off for it the other day. I'm like, I have a voicemail number for Google? (laughs) So I checked it, and it was like, yeah, thank you for calling Ball Games Productions. I was like, oh. (laughs) And I looked at it. I I picked it up in, like, 2010. (laughs) And it's just been, I guess, been sitting there since 2010. Call now. Are you trying to do subliminal messages to our listeners? It's not subliminal if they see me doing it. Or, yeah, they're true. <laughs> but, yeah, that'll give you a voicemail um, option to speak your mind. And, uh, obviously, if it's uh, within <laughs> acceptable range, we'll give it a play on here for y'all to hear. And uh, hopefully you'll, uh, you know, give us a question, a comment. Obviously, saying things like "you guys suck" does not qualify as being played on the air. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, as long as you're explaining why we suck and it's succinct and to the point. I don't, you know, I, I can take criticism. Uh, profane language, no, is not going to work. I mean, you know, obviously, we're not going to play that. I, I'm not going to have somebody using language that you couldn't use in a polite conversation. No, and it's I, nothing personal. I mean, I can. I can be just as profane as the next person, but I don't do it on here. Mind your P's and Q's. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, my, with one of my other shows in the past, we had a voicemail, and w- someone called in, and they left a 15-minute voicemail. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, the girl basically just did her entire own segment without even realizing she did a segment for the show. I was just like, you know what? Hey. This is now a segment, and I added it into the show. That's cool. No, she had some good points, and it was interesting. It was just funny. That was like I looked at it. And I'm like, wow, 15 minutes. What did she say? Stephen Watson, call now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where is Stephen Watson when we need him? I'm surprised he didn't call. He said he was going to call, but he obviously got busy. But you know, he said he has a. Uh, a face for radio and a voice for not radio. So, <laughs> so I'm like, okay. <laughs> Stephen Watson, you have failed this podcast. Um, are we legally allowed to use that with a Marvel podcast? Isn't that sure, why not? more DC related? I mean, hey, if Marvel can do the "That's All, folks" at the with the Spider Ham at the end of the end of the Spider Verse, we can use "You Have Failed This Podcast." Yeah, I guess that, well, Looney Tunes is, who is? Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's true. That is Warner Brothers. That's DC. I'm surprised they got away with using that. Uh, it's parody. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, that's the only way they would be able to do it. Yeah. Whatever. They were parodying Pig, Porky Pig. 
piggy pork you were gonna say <laughs> yeah him too he's the marvel equivalent right yeah why not i did see a news speaking about wb and Hanna barbera and things like that there's going to be a scooby cinematic universe very shortly there sort of already is i mean if you watch the the last scooby-doo series they did um and I'm trying to think of when this they did one where there was a reference to um Blue Falcon. Mm-hmm. And it's they did a whole thing about the Blue Falcon and Dino Mutt and being in the Scooby Doo universe and Johnny Quest <sighs> being in the Scooby Doo universe as well. And that's sort of where blue falcon came out of and i mean it was crazy it was one of those things where i was watching it going did they just reference johnny quest was that what that was you know and then they referenced you know i think blue falcon's real name is randall crown or something like that and they referenced him being an investor of quest industries (laughs) and i'm like really Uh, okay you know and it they did a more serious Scooby-Doo version of Blue Falcon. I, I, I've never seen Blue Falcon really taken seriously, but... Uh, that was the part that blew my mind, too, because I was like, uh, you're just sort of... It is like, I wouldn't say it's the Dark Knight version, but it was almost <laughs> uh, like that level of seriousness. Mm. You know, they were taking Blue Falcon serious as a superhero, and I'm like... I, how the heck do you do that? That That's, you know, I thought it was pretty entertaining, but it was one of those things where it just happened to be a really weird sort of stretch on the character. And I was like, wow. Okay. So. Wow. Well, yeah, I saw they have a, um, a full blue Falcon comic book out as long, uh, with, uh, Dino Mutt. And, uh, they also have a Rocky and Bullwinkle, uh, comic book out now too, as well. When I was at the, Oh, com- Rocky and Bullwinkle are, are the bomb. Yeah, it's kind of the the artwork is kind of looks like the original drawings, but it if you look at it, you're like, hey, this looks red. Wait, no, it's yeah, it's confusing. <laughs> you look at it, you think it's the original artwork, but it's not because it's off a little bit. Obviously, it's not the same person drawing it from fifty years ago. <laughs> you know who needs to draw it, and I'm telling you, this would be the biggest thing since you know sliced toast is alex ross <laughs> oh really i mean come on alex ross draws rocky and bullwinkle that would be the greatest thing ever uh, uh you know people would lose their mind how do you do a photorealistic rocky and bullwinkle with alex ross that would be you know that'd be some stuff right there do we need another live action movie well no, we've had like two or three, and it's just time to stop. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. As much as I liked them, it just, you know, I think it's, it's sort of like the Peabody and Sherman movie. Oh, boy, it yeah. was It was cute, but at our age group, the audience gets it. Yeah. At my grandkids age group, they don't understand what this is. They're looking at it going, why is the moose and squirrel talking? 
I don't understand. You know, because it's more. You have to explain it, it. It's a cartoon from when I was little. Oh, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, that's old, Paul. Paul, thank you, thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Old kids yeah. are truthful. <laughs> It's hurtful. That's what it is. That's just... <laughs> it is what it is. They're not trying to be. That I, I know that, but I mean, it's one of those. You're hurting my soul. You're hurting my soul. So, uh, so what's going on in the uh, community? Pretty much as far as uh, I know, the magazine idea or the monthly magazine idea was tossed around last month was there any more progress on that i know some people were interested in hearing more about that i have not heard anything else about it the realms of the occult is nearing completion lunatic fringe which is all of the um advertising auxiliary characters who were created for bits of Marvel advertising and or Marvel promotions such as like the hostess characters or obnoxious the clown from crazy magazine teen Hulk uh, all of those characters it's a supplement coming out called lunatic fringe which specializes in all of that and is huge 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 we're going to build a wall around it um, it, it's huge. Uh, the other thing that's that's come out that we actually missed last week, and uh, kicking myself over this one because it's 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 mine, is the Moon Knight source book. Which you know, if you have not read it, uh. Moon Knight is so much more than the Marvel Batman, which everybody goes immediately goes, oh, he's Marvel Batman. No, he's not Marvel Batman. He's much better than Marvel Batman. He's, you know, a lot, a lot better than Marvel Batman. So we're, you know, it's one of those things where you have to sit down and look through it. And it is a fantastic book the the only issue is is the you know with it being uh, the comparison always being made i I tell people i said you know uh, the issue with marvel batman as a comparison is that batman leaves everybody tied up for in a nice little neat package at commissioner gordon's doorstep and moon knight would have put the joker in a pine box after the second appearance you know, there there wouldn't have been a, a Joker for Moon Knight. It, oh, I feel we're there together. It's just one good push. Well, here, let me give you one. <laughs> ah! Kind of sounded like Paul Bearer from the WWF back in the day. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Oh, so. yes. Oh. <laughs> But, uh, no, the Moon Knight Sourcebook came out. Me and Steve Jolly worked on that for a long time. Uh, Well, you know, I say a long time. Truth of the matter is that it took us probably two and a half months to get it taken care of. 
I got it all hammered out. And uh, the longest part, I think, was layout, if it was anything, because it looks fantastic. Steve Jolly always does an excellent job on that stuff. He really needs some help. If anybody knows anything about layout for PDFs, please contact Steve Jolly in the unofficial canon group. He will gladly take your assistance. Uh, I can sort of do some stuff, but uh, in comparison, I'm like a a seven-year-old trying to drive a tractor trailer, you know, and and he's more like, you know, Mario Andretti. So. Uh, It's a weird comparison there, but okay, got it. I mean, my experience mostly is a Microsoft publisher. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. We're all a bunch of self-taught people anyway, so the fact that he makes it look as good as he does, I bow to his superior wisdom. Now, you're inflating his ego right now as he's listening. Well, you know. (laughs) Call in. Stephen Watson. No. (laughs) And party man Tom needs to call in, too, so. Yeah, where is Tom Roark in the house? Mm. Spider-Man and his amazing friends will return after these messages. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Great! Why not head over to patreon.com slash WGP and support that show for as little as dollar a month. Dollar a month goes a long way to helping support the network Wild Games Productions. Again, that's patreon.com slash WGP. Thank you. We now return to Spider-Man and his amazing friends. All righty. So anyway, uh, this week we were going to talk a little bit about some rules. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about house rules. Uh, Keith actually had suggested we talk a little about his house rules for multi-attack as opposed to what's in the book. Uh, go ahead and present your case for multi-attack. Well, mine is more multi-actions as opposed to multi-attack. Okay. Um, the rules, the way the rule is set up is you can do multiple attacks using fighting feats at remarkable or amazing, or alternately, you can attack an entire area, uh, at minus four CS to attack. I always thought that was fine, but the issue becomes if you have, let's assume that you have three actions uh, are you capable of getting three actions and you get them? Do you have to attack all three times? Could you attack, dodge, and say attack again? Could you uh, help program the computer, defuse a bomb, and uh, fly a plane for your three actions? You know, assuming all were within uh, physical capability. Um, So my thought always was that rather than making it three attacks, make it three actions. And it just, uh, or multi-actions as opposed to multi-attacks. And what I did, at least in my game, is to allow that to happen. Now... The the basically the way the ground rule works is you have to have the ability score appropriate to being able to pull off that number of actions. Right. Whether it was remarkable for two or amazing for three, 
Um, and I know somebody's going to inevitably ask the question, well, what about like super speedsters? Um, I factor that in unless you're doing power stunts where you have gone beyond the initial two or three. You use the power rank for the ability feat in question. Okay. If you have amazing speed or better, you can try for three attack, uh, three actions. If you have remarkable or, you know, remarkable or incredible, you can try for two. Um, but my, the way it works is this. If you have, let's say, amazing fighting. Okay. Or amazing agility. You can do multiple actions. By default. Assuming you make the feat. Oh, make the feat. Okay. Either for fighting or for shooting. Uh, if it were, let's say, psychic attacks, it would go off of psyche. And it's the same scenario. If it's movement, it's based off of the movement power. So if you have hyper speed okay and want to attack three times you could do it or want to dodge three times or want to evade three times uh because at least in my game evasion is not an all-encompassing thing dodging is not an all-encompassing thing in the in the game all it does is reduce your chances of getting hit right uh now i do use auto feats which I don't know if a lot of people do that, but the game says that it, anything minus three CS from the attribute is an auto feat. So, for instance, um, you have to have unearthly agility to catch a bullet. But at amazing, you can automatically dodge an arrow. Uh, so... Assuming that your super speedster has unearthly agility, uh, you would need a green feat to catch that arrow or catch multiple arrows, dodge those arrows, deflect those arrows. Uh, at a certain feat, whether it was speed or whatever, you would have to you know, you wouldn't have to make those feats anymore. So I incorporate a lot of, at least from my own game, auto feats. I don't want to have to sit there and get bogged down in rolls. Uh, if your character, you know, if we can do the auto feats, we do it. Obviously, if you have something, uh, a fighting or agility that is so far above the required rank, I don't even make you roll for it. Right. Yeah. You can get the three attack, but, uh, no, you know, there's so few characters in my games that have even close to that. It's not even an issue. But allowing multiple actions, I find, um, allows you to get more accomplished or at least give the appearance of getting more accomplished and making it a little more cinematic than your standard Vincent attacks, I attack, Vincent dodges, I dodge once around you know what i mean as right. opposed to uh vincent dives through the window uh hits turk barrett 
and Ace on the way through and then dodges towards the door as they open fire on him. That's a little more cinematic and a little more Marvel to me than um, you crash through the window and punch Turk. Okay, then Ace gets to open up on you. And next round, um, you get to, like, you know, either dodge or attack. And then, you know what I mean? It, it's it's a little more cinematic. It, it allows you a little more leeway as opposed to just attacking multiple times or dodging once. Hmm. So the for each one of the, um, like, F-A-S-E... RIP, whatever, F-A-S-E, you have a minimum threshold for them to have. So, like you said, amazing on fighting, for example, if they want to have multiple yeah. attacks of punching somebody across the room, mm-hmm. or I should say multiple actions of doing that, they could... Do they have to roll, or if they have 50, they automatically yes. get... Okay, so they have to roll. Well, now, now here's the thing. If Let's, let's assume that the fighting is um, Shift X, which would be... What you would have to have in order to get uh, three ranks above amazing. Okay. Let's assume that Vincent has Shift X fighting. He automatically gets three attacks around or three actions around if he's doing Slugfest. Uh, now, obviously, if you're dodging, if you're, you know, uh, what I allowed in that case is, you know, if you can take multiple actions. If you're allowed to take multiple actions and you would, let's say that you want to hit two people and then make, try to make a dodge. Right. I'll let that happen. Sure. You know, I, I don't have a problem in the world with that. Or you want to evade. And a lot of people get confused with, <laughs> at least I don't know if your players do, but my players do. I want to dodge, you know, when they're like hand to hand with somebody it's, it's not dodging at that point. It's evading. Well, what's the difference? Well, evade is hand-to-hand, dodge is anything ranged. I just well, the guy's using a pistol. Yeah, but he's, like, standing two feet from you. So <laughs> it's still, you know, a dodge roll. <laughs> we just incorporate so, it all into one, just dodge. Yeah, I just incorporate it all into one, as best I can. Mm. Uh, now, I've allowed people to make, like, multiple movements. Right. So, you know, let's say you accelerate to amazing speed and, you know, you're really trying to get across town to save uh, little Timmy who is locked in a safe and been thrown out a window. In a well. How are we? Get, yeah, it, in a well. Uh, <laughs> the dog is barking. Whatever you want to phrase it. Um, if you've got to be somewhere really expeditiously, you know, you can what you can do is with your multiple actions, take three movements at the same time. So rather than moving, let's say eight areas around, you take three movements and you're moving 24 areas in that round. Now you're making endurance feats afterwards because that's an exhausting thing. Uh, now what I do use is auto feats for movement as well. So if you're moving at three ranks less than max speed, you're not having to make endurance feats because you're at a more of a cruising speed as opposed to all out, if that makes sense. No, yeah, you're not pushing it to the limits while you're trying to get to the place you're going to, so you're kind of okay with the endurance. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I do that with with all of the, you know, movement stuff, and I find it works easier 
you know, yeah, your character has monstrous hyper speed or monstrous uh, hyper running lightning speed, whatever it is. But at the same time, you know, you're not moving all out. Um, One of the other things that I do, and this is just me, this is another house rule that we have uh, to differentiate between hyper running and hyper speed okay and lightning speed um lightning speed and hyper running are all land based right right uh lightning speed allows you to move accelerate to full speed in one round and stop within one area which i always liked that um hyper running accelerates so much you know it, it it's more the real world version of what hyper running would be as opposed to lightning speed. Hyper speed allows you to move everything at tower rank times normal speed. So if you have amazing speed, it's you're moving 50 times faster than normal. Okay, that's sort of really confusing. And the way that we handled that in my game is rather than try to do the the math on that, <laughs> You know, yeah. uh, so I move three areas around. I now move 50 rounds or 50 times faster. So I'm moving 150 areas around. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so what I did there was hyperspeed uses the air movement chart as opposed to land movement. Okay. So, so that's where you get into your flash level characters, if you will. Um, you know, you go from being able to run, say, excellent of 90 miles an hour to excellent of like 325 miles an hour or 225 or whatever it is on an air chart. Uh, it's a quantum leap in the amount of speed that you have. Could you take hyperspeed like twice and move to the space chart? I don't allow it, but if that's what someone else wants to do be my guest yeah just those... like okay you know just you know and there are some funky they wrote they read uh, they wrote the rules in some funky ways uh i always thought healing and regeneration was done real strange in the game because the way regeneration is supposed to work at least in the advanced set uh you heal number of health points per turn so if you have incredible hell or if you have incredible regeneration you're healing 40 points every turn it's 10 rounds in a turn so essentially you're at rest you're healing four points around and people were complaining when i was you know i do write-ups and write it as per the rules and they would complain about it it's like well that's how it's written I mean, I didn't make that up. Take it up with, you know, the writer of the game. Uh, so for a long time, what we did in my game was you healed endurance, an endurance rank once per day. So if you had incredible endurance, you healed 40 points per day from complete bed rest. Day being, of course, 24 hours, not 12 hours, not eight hours, not whatever, 20 complete 24 hours. Um, regeneration healed by the hour. 
Uh, and you could take regen- regeneration twice, at least in my game, and go from hour to round so that you're healing 40 points a round, or 40 points a turn, rather, the way it's supposed to be presented. Uh, you know, and that, I think, mimics more of what Wolverine and Deadpool are capable of uh, as opposed to, you know, your character who heals fast. I mean, everybody, if if you look at the comic books, Spider-Man has always healed fast. You know what I mean? The Hulk has always healed fast. Uh, so it's just a matter of getting that taken care of and, you know, doing whatever it is you need to do with it. I've always ruled with healing and, and regeneration that when you're during battle, you really don't generate health unless something like a magical spell or something. And then once you're out of battle and able to rest, you would pretty much gain everything back that you lost because your superhero is not the type of game we're running as a superhero, you know, comic comic book world type thing. So not yeah. really concerned about, you know, oh, you get four hit points back per round or like the rules say. That's right. That's right. I mean, I don't want to do bookkeeping and I don't want the players to have to do bookkeeping either because at the end of the day, that's not fun. Nope. Not fun for you as a GM either. It's like it's like the encumbrance rules for AD&D. You know, everybody, you're only a stickler for that when you're GM. And you have to look at it and go, no, you can't carry 12 Vorporeal Swords and uh, 16 Warhammers and 12 suits of armor and blah, 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 blah at the same time, you know, but it, nobody wants to sit and do actually do the, the bookkeeping on that. No, I handle you know, it logically. I don't, don't want to know how much your spell components weigh. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. I, I handle it very logically when I play first edition D and D and it's just, I, Easily, you can do whatever you have you have on you when it comes to the point like you find 50,000 gold pieces and the player's like, I take it. Really? You're going to carry 50,000 gold pieces. You know how much one gold piece weighs? They're like, no. And then when I tell them, they're like, oh, I take 100 gold pieces. <laughs> okay, that's more sensible. Or when someone's yeah. – I had a player that would way back in the 90s, this was in, the, in Connecticut, we had Bob's Discount Furniture. When I lived in Connecticut, it was a big chain of stores that was discount furniture. The guy would repurpose furniture and sell it, make it brand new, whatever. So I had a character named Bob. Original, right? Yeah, hey. And every time he went into dungeons, he would steal the furniture (laughs) and put it in in the cart. And he was like, at one point, I wasn't really paying attention. And I found out he had like four couches and tables in his backpack. I'm like, how is this in his? No, no, no. That's when I stepped in. Like logically, you're not carrying that. Like you want to carry a chair or two, fine, but you're going to be walking around with a chair or two over your shoulder and not able to fight. Well, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Or start using the chair as uh, the weapon, improvised weapon. And then it's the whole. Well, I put it in my uh, bag of holding. That's not going to fit in the bag of holding, unfortunately. No, There's it doesn't quite so work like that. You got to be able to actually physically get it into the bag. And I tell you what, you know, in that case, what we would do is get you one of those 30 pound trash bags. And if you can fit it in the 30 pound trash bag without ripping the trash bag in half, I'll let it happen. 
you know, but until then, no. I, I called the player on a bluff similar to that. It was um, we were playing uh, we were playing a Marvel game and uh, the guy wanted to open a trap door and roll forward. Oh, this is all in one movement. He wanted to climb up, open the trap door, roll forward into the roll, stand up, and then stab with two stab him with his two weapons like this. So you can't see the camera. Okay. So I'm like I don't think that's possible to do that by climbing up and rolling forward enough with momentum. And he's like, I'll prove it to you. I'm like, all right. So we went in the living room of my friend's house and we set up this little thing with couch pillows and everything to represent the trap door and him like climbing up on um, like a foot table thing, like a stool or something. And then uh-huh. rolling forward. And he was able, <laughs> I said, if you could actually do it in real life, I will give it to you with an automatic hit for your character. So he demonstrated it, rolled through, and stood up with the stab perfectly. And I was just like, all right, you got it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. no at that point. I mean, if a player is going to go through all that and come up with something that inventive, why would I stifle that? I mean, it's funny. Well, then, I mean, you know, uh, there's something to be said about fudging. You know, let's be honest here. Everybody wants it to be fun. and yeah, Everybody wants to, to have a good time in the game. But, you don't want to be a butthead about it, man. You don't want to, you know, uh, oh, well, you can't do that. Well, if it's within the realm of possibility, I'll let you try it. I mean, you know, if if it's not something that I can get away with for an auto feat or it's not something that ordinarily you would be able to do, I might question it. But, yeah. you know, can your character, I don't know, uh do whatever it's a possibility it might not happen but you know it, it, it's a work in progress you gotta you gotta play to it and there's something to be said about you know letting the players have their day they're the heroes you know you can't have the heroes of your game be saved by the x-men every other week that's not fun for them it's like running uh, the star wars role-playing game or, you know people who play it enjoy star wars oh yeah and yeah, it's nice to, you know, every once in a while, Luke Skywalker or Lando Calrissian or whoever shows up. But at the same time, they're not the heroes of the game. You're the heroes of the game. Right. So, you know, make it about the players. And, and every once in a while, you got to let the players win. Got to give the players something to keep them coming back. And then when it's time to yank the rug out from underneath them and watch them fall down the stairs. You got to do that too. I think the best bet to handle those situations is give them a suggestion and generally they'll take it. So instead of saying, no, you can't do that. Well, you could say, well, maybe if you try doing this instead, it might work better and we'll roll for that. And generally 95% of the time when I've done that in any game, players go, okay, the DM or GM is suggesting it. So that means it's a good chance. It's probably going to happen. So they take it. At least that's how yeah. I see it. Yeah. That is, yeah, we were, I run Doctor Who, a Doctor Who game on Friday nights, and we had a player who suggested uh, going back across his own timeline to do something. And I said something about that's like breaking the laws of time. You don't want to do that. And they're like, oh, is that the NPC telling us? I said, no, that's the GM telling you. Yeah, that's that the god of the game. It, 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 <laughs> Yeah, you you could be really really bad. You know, it's it's a bad experience when it goes wrong. Oh, okay. Well, you know, 
So it does happen. We get people who, you know, then you get people who try to do crazy stuff and they lose a character over it. And I've had, and that's another whole topic that we could do. People losing characters. Oh my God. Have you ever had anybody react badly to that? Mm, no, honestly. I mean, one guy got a little sad, but you know, I'm trying to think, I mean, even back in the eighties, I played so many different characters myself. When one died, I'd be like, uh, Pull out the character sheet, start all over again. Well, you've had some bad experiences with that? Uh, I had a player. <laughs> Have you ever played the Super Module Temple of Elemental Evil for AD&D? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. The Moat House. Uh-huh. There's a, a spider in the Moat House that it's a, a poison save or die. Yeah. And I had a player who went through 40 minutes of character generation. We get into the game. We're like 20 minutes into the game. They get to the moat house. They're, they're, you know, they're traipsing around the moat house trying to find treasure. She stuck her hand in there, got bit by the spider, failed the saving throw, and was dead. Kerplunk. And I mean, dead. And you want to talk about being mad? Oh, got livid. Got livid with me. You know, oh, that's the stupidest thing you've ever done. I said, listen. I said, uh, it's a saving throw. It happens. I said, if you want, change the name on your character sheet and you just bring another character in. You know, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to play this stupid game where, you know. And then, of course, now she loves like fifth edition where the, you know, and the people who are like Thacko is confusing. It's not. It's not. It's if you grew up with it, it's definitely not confusing. And I love when people try to explain it with geometry. It's like it's not geometry. It, <laughs> you know, I don't understand what's so difficult about this. So, but it, it, again, we go back to people who look at the rules and they trip up over something and are like, I don't like that. I don't. You know, for years, regeneration was confusing to me, but it was only because I didn't sit down and really read it. My ADHD adult mind mm. as a teenager was like, I, um, uh, no, you know, <laughs> I'll just wing it. Yeah, I'll just wing it, you know, yeah. and now I'm reading it going, that's really simple, but I, I don't know that I would, you know, regeneration is like really, really powerful in this game. You know, uh, you got to be careful about it. I wouldn't give you regeneration more than, say, above good or excellent. You know, it's, especially if you've got more than, say, 60 health. So let, let's backtrack here one moment because I had a question before that I forgot while you were sure. talking. And I was just like, ah, I remembered it now. So back to your multi-action uh, house rule. Now, you okay. said there's a threshold, obviously, that you had established for whatever the abilities based on that. That's you get multi uh, action. Excuse me. What if yeah. someone is below that threshold and is like, well, I want to try multiple actions. Do you allow them a roll, say, like a yellow or a red or you just be like, nope, sorry, sucker. It is I, I predicated on the attribute, uh, you know, if they don't let's say they have good fighting. OK. Let's say they have, you know, Hawkeye traditionally has good fighting. Okay. Now he has the 
agility to do multiple uh, arrow attacks and is infamous for being able to fire a volley of arrows like that uh, Swedish guy that can fire like 20 in a, you know, 20 in a 10 second round or whatever. Uh, but, you know, let's say that Hawkeye's doing hand-to-hand combat with somebody. Uh, he's getting one attack around. Unless he's using the bit from the player's handbook that says you can attack an entire area of people. And it's an area adjacent to you. So basically, let's say um, if, I'm, if I've read, the, read it correctly and I'm remembering it correctly, um, the way it would work would be something like this. Hawkeye walks into the bar, uh, sees Bullseye at the bar and immediately attacks Bullseye and his friends. Okay. Uh, flips over a table, uh, throws a chair, whatever, immediately attack launches into an attack on the adjacent area. Uh, so, you know, you're having to come into a situation where you can do that. And you can do it with slugfest or energy or um, I'm trying to remember slugfest, blunt energy, uh, you know, all the things that would allow you to um, throw a weapon and hit multiple times or uh, bounce your shield off of four targets and make it return to you. Uh, use your billy club to knock out three people and return it to you. That sort of thing. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, where the attribute is concerned, if you don't have the attribute to do multiple attacks, I just don't really even allow it. But that's why I do, like, instead of psychic attacks going off of fighting or agility, I do it off of psyche. So if you have the psyche to back that, you can do the multiple actions. Hmm. If you have the agility to fire multiple rounds or multiple arrows or throw multiple spears i'll allow it to happen i mean really if if you're doing the game the way it's intended to be done and you look at the rules for shooting attacks at least the way that guns are presented in the rule system rate of fire is one yeah Unless it says otherwise. So that means you, even if you were to have multiple actions, as it's written, you would only be able to fire that pistol once around. And I think the thought there was, well, I can shoot, but I have to take a second to aim. So what they're doing, what they're, I think what they were trying to get across there was that without actually saying it, your character, you know, takes aim, shoots, and then has to take aim and shoot again. Right, yeah. If that makes sense. That does, yeah. As opposed to the Mel Gibson lethal weapon snapping off a half dozen rounds and hitting accurately every time. Well, you know. So, but no, like I said, that that's my, t- that's just my alternate house rule for that stuff. And I don't know that anybody else does it any differently or that they've ever considered doing it that way. I'm sure there are people who have, I've seen some crazy stuff as it's been presented in the game. There was one guy who his rule for uh, regeneration was to like multiply 
people who had regeneration's health so that it was some outrageously, you know, high number. Right. He's like, Deadpool has 400 health. And I'm like, how in the hell does Deadpool have 400 health? And if he has 400, like Wolverine's got to have like 650, right? You know, is that what we're trying to get at here? You know, and that was sort of his explanation. And I'm like, ah, dude, if that works for you, that's, uh, that's all I can say. I mean, you know, uh, you know, and the other thing that Marvel has a big problem with upgrading power levels. Yeah. This game was obviously written in the 1980s and is 1980 centric. Right. Everything from the computers to <laughs> the uh, design phones. of it. Yeah. You know, to uh, the character adaptions of it, you know, and when you upgrade everybody, you know, when Spitfire from the invaders goes from being able to run 90 miles an hour to, uh, now she's doing sonic, you know, she's supersonic and she's, you know, running at the speed of sound and stuff like that. I'm like, the heck did Spitfire become this fast? You know, what, what, you know, what happened that, that we're, this is even a possibility. So I don't know. You, you got to move with the time, but at the same time, you got to, you know, as a GM, you got to deal with it. I uh, handle my multi-attacks in-game kind of like Star Wars does. For every multi-action you want to do, you get minus one column shift as opposed to minus one die. So I've had players like, well, I want to do this, you know, and then do it one more time. So I'm like, all right, for every time, just like Star Wars, minus one column shift. And they're like, okay. And they kind of like that, so... It's simple, it's easy enough, and it's I I think it's balanced and fair enough that you're doing multiple actions regardless. So, I mean, two column shifts down for two actions, I think that's fair. You're splitting your yeah. you're splitting your uh brain and you're splitting your abilities and stuff, so why not? Yeah, I would not be against that. I mean, every I mean, game that, that's and it's if I were playing in that situation, I definitely wouldn't be against it. Now I don't know if I would do it in a game myself. I would have to try it out and sort of see how it worked and see if it worked better than the way I'm doing it. And if it did, I would certainly wouldn't be against it. I mean, the chart flows down and up based on the colors. I'm thinking, you know, you're going to take multiple actions. It's obviously going to be harder to get that green and, and yellow if you're knocking it down two columns. Obviously, the the uh, coloring gets drastic when you go down two columns. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in the actual terms of die rolls, I think maybe there's like a uh, 10 percentile difference between the two, 10 or sometimes 20, depending on what column shifts you're going down. Yeah, yeah. So, I think it's a fair compromise. No one has complained. They've all been like, okay, yeah, cool, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, like I said, that's that's my presentation for all that. So, so you've said it all, is what you're saying. I've said it all. Well, I guess that's going to probably wrap up the show for this week. Uh, we've talked about a couple things, such as Spider-Man and uh-huh. our multi-attack, multi-action rulings, and then we jumped into some uh, what to do about characters who uh, lost, uh, players who lost their characters. We kind of touched upon that. I know you wanted to go on further with that, but I'm not sure a whole show can be dedicated to that. Probably not, but, you know, it, 
download the malt the the Moon Knight source book. There are a list of hotlines at the beginning of it. If you feel overwhelmed by the character loss, if you're deep in your feels, call one of those lines. Maybe they can help. Not the prevention um, uh, hotlines, correct? Yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, the other thing I would say is call on our voice line. Call on the voice line now. Yes, that so. that voice line is four six nine four three one zero two seven seven. The classic face rip. <laughs> Stephen Watts, call now. He's probably sitting there going, "I'm not calling. Leave me alone." <laughs> Keith is nuts. Yeah, pretty much. Keith is oh, nuts. wait a second. There was a big announcement. And I thought this was hysterical. Did you read about the Wendy's role-playing game? Yes. Oh, my God. Wendy's Wendy's has released a role-playing game Mm -hmm. where you face off against McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know who in the hell would be running this, but this has got to be – this is hysterical. I mean, you know, uh, Wendy's, the role-playing game. (laughs) I've already seen people make up dice and minis for it, so yeah. Oh my god, I'm telling you, that's going to be like the next that that, that should you know yeah, that'll be an adaptation. It got so far up the chain that uh, the famous Critical Role had done an episode on it. So, oh my god. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that we 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 talked about it then. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Watson posted about it in some group, and I said, you know, with all the comments I make about. Uh, Hot Pockets and Mountain Dew, you would think that, you know, uh, a Wendy's role-playing game was just around the corner anyway. So, I think you need to uh, start designing a Hot Pocket-based game now. It's a possibility. I, I think uh, that'll be an adaption to the Wendy's game, you know. Well, you do a source book. Source book for you. There you go. All right. So we're going to head out this week. Uh, go to classicfacerip.com. Go to facebook.com slash classicfacerip. Follow us on Twitter, Classic Face Rip. Uh, that's really about it. 469-something. Call now. <laughs> Try not to laugh every time you do that. You're like that. Keep reminding me of that episode of Family Guy when the guy's like, smoke. When he was doing the subliminal messages. <laughs> you on know, Family. and I don't watch Family Guy, so that's in it. It is funny. It was one of those corporations yeah. and every time in the background the guy's like smoke he's like not now Terry not now <laughs> but I understand yeah. 469-431-0277 is the hotline uh, give us a call and tell us what you want to do and uh, which give us suggestions you know compliments things like that head over to iTunes no also. death threats please yes please don't do that head over to iTunes give us a rating review if you could please uh, we'd appreciate it uh, if you can give us a written review that'd be even better I know iTunes is a pain to do, but Apple has changed it to Apple Podcasts now, and you should be able to easily get to the podcast section to give us a simple rating without having to get iTunes. So That's it. That's it, yeah. So now we expect every one of you out there that listen, all three of you, as Keith has said, uh, does that include... Call now. Does that call... <laughs> does that include Stephen Watson? It uh, might. Probably. And Party Man Tom. Uh, yep. Get out there, give us a rating, and uh, we'll read it on the air. And uh, I guess that's it. So we're going to say Excelsior as we head out of here. Enough said.
You've been listening to the Classic Facebook Podcast. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the podcast are not the final word and are just what they are, opinions. If you'd like to catch up on all their episodes, head on over to ClassicFaceRip.com or if you want to check out the video shows live on YouTube, go to YouTube.com slash C slash DM. Again, that's YouTube.com slash C slash DM. Email us at AskTheDM at TheEvilDM.com. Thank you.